This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Thanks for joining us, listeners. We have in the studio today, Pastor Michael and myself and Pastor Craig. Who are you? In case uh, oh, Pastor new. Tim. Oh, hey, Pastor, Pastor Tim. Tim. How's yeah. it going? Good to meet you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Look great in that purple shirt. <laughs> Don't you love it? Never <laughs> looked better. Oh, well, yeah. It's not pink, but it is purple. <laughs> All right. Well, here's our question for today. Was the flood a global flood? The flood from Noah, Genesis 6, was that a global flood? Can I just read the text of scripture? And then Craig, we'll put you on the spot. You tell us. Bring it on. All right. Genesis chapter 7, verses 19 to 23. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all, all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He, God, blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. So the way you read that, I'm assuming I don't have any room to maneuver. On this. <laughs> I just read it as it's written. <laughs> he just read the scripture. Well, you don't know as I'm so fluent in Hebrew that I was emphasizing the words that the Hebrew oh, emphasizes oh, all oh. the totality of all things. <laughs> all right. So like our talk last time, some people disagree on this and, and we want to be careful to give them space to work. But on the other hand, there's an awful lot of proof that this was a worldwide global flood. In fact, there's increasing proof that we're finding on a regular yeah. basis for this evidence. One of the things that comes to mind is the incredible amount of fossils that we're finding on a continuing basis that should not be where they are. Yeah, yep. Many of them are in death poses, in yeah. mass yeah. herds, yeah. Yes. like yeah. neck we, up, sucking yes. for breath. Yes, yeah. and we have fish eating fish or going after eating. I mean, you can see all these online if you'd like to see them. But here's one very important consideration when you're thinking about these fossils is that the Grand Canyon is a cornucopia of fossils. Sure. It's uh, 100 feet above sea level, is that right? Or 1,000 well, feet above sea level? according to Wikipedia, the top tower is a little under 2,400 feet sea level. Yeah. And yet there are marine life embedded in the cliffs. If you go to the Himalayas, yeah. you'll find the same thing. Yeah. Marine life embedded in the cliffs of the mm -hmm. Himalayas. So the question would be, if that's the case, you know, were they able to fly at yeah, some time? Yeah, how did they get there? Yeah, and they would have to be there long enough to create a fossil that does not show disintegration. It has to have immediate pressure at one point in time to be embedded in the stone. Yeah. So you look at that and you say to yourself, okay, marine life in the Himalayas, that certainly seems to indicate that there would be water that would bring sea life up to the level of the Himalayas. And that's just one thing. Yeah. But one other thing that I like is in the Grand Canyon, you have these layers of sediment, and this sediment over time will crack. Mm. Because as it dries and goes through the heat changes and things like that, you'll have cracks in it. But there's a picture, you can see it online, of a 90-degree sediment rock that has layers upon layers upon layers. And the only way to do this is if it was laid down immediately. Yeah, very when, quickly. When it was wet, mm -hmm. sediment layer upon sediment layer, and then it dried quickly. Which would seem to indicate, again, that there's a global flood yeah. going on. And then there's other things as well. We can get into them, but... 
the fossil record seems to be continually showing that this is a global flood. Yeah, I've done hunting trips, Colorado, Montana, Idaho, been at six, seven, eight thousand feet doing my hunting thing and found seashells. Hmm. Seashells hmm. at 8,000 feet. Hmm. How did those get there? They didn't uh, fly there. They had to be washed there with a flood. Hmm. So some people in their brains, based on what we're saying right now, are thinking about themselves like, they're thinking like, this is like a flat earther. Oh. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so, it's like a conspiracy theory. So like ridiculous, whatever. Because in their brains, they've been conditioned to believe anything that the Bible teaches is just not true. Even Fairy despite tales. the preponderance yeah. of, of evidence. Mm-hmm. If you start, with the assumption that the earth is 13 billion years old, and you also start with the assumption that there is no God and the Bible is false, and you look at all the evidence, the evidence actually doesn't fit into the narrative. That's the challenge. Now, if you start with a biblical worldview, you can actually make the evidence fit in the narrative. The challenge is when you start with a worldview that you need to be true, you will make the evidence say whatever you need it to say. The biblical worldview and the secular humanistic worldview are starting with such different foundations. It does not matter what the evidence is. If you need God not to be true and the flood not to be global, then you will find ways, hypotheses to figure out how this doesn't work. When you look at the most simple evidence around, it sure does appear that there was some sort of global mass event of extinction that happened immediately and simultaneously all over the earth from China to the United States Mm -hmm. of America, from the north to the south, is evidence that animals were all over the world and so many just died immediately and catastrophic things happened quickly to the earth. Another part of this is if you care to look at it, and I agree with you, Michael, it's like you want to look at it as objectively as you can. The challenge is so many of us have been taught certain things. It's very difficult to get out of those. To get it untaught. Yeah, Yeah. to consider something new. So one of the things that somebody has said to me is the global flood story can't be true because every culture has a flood narrative. Which yeah. This is so backwards to me. To me. Yeah. Because I look at them and I go, well, dude, that only proves my point. Because right. When every culture in the world has the same story. Exactly. Everybody knows there's some sort of a catastrophic flood that happened in their area. All the evidence proves it. And so because every culture shares this, people will say, well, that proves that the Noah flood is just another fairy tale right. that all these other stories are telling. But if you look at it through the lens of scripture, you look at it and you say, no, there was a global flood. There's evidence everywhere. So people have to make up stories like, by the way, we do today, mm-hmm. make up stories so that we can live with the evidence yep. and ignore the stuff that is too complex to consider. Yep. Which I think what everybody has to understand is that all of the scientific theory is our version of doing the same thing. It's our version of telling stories that right. make sense, that make us feel better about what is. The problem is these stories keep getting edited and adjusted and That's right. the age of the earth keeps changing and getting older and older. Consider what you learned in high school versus what they're learning in high school today. It's very different. Even where we get oil from. We yeah. always learn we get it from uh, these fossils and we still call it fossil fuels, but even that whole concept has changed. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Science has changed because we find more evidence and it becomes very difficult to stick it into the box that we call evolution or something that we can live with. When you look at scripture, the flood has never been disproven. We always can find evidence to prove that the yeah, flood mm-hmm. happened. And so it's very difficult to get your mind out of the subjective realm and look at it objectively. Yeah. We talked about worldviews, processing evidence, and then making it fit whatever they needed to fit. You know, and you mentioned about cultures all over the world throughout history have this flood story. Mm-hmm. So the secular humanist evolution is, says... Oh, that proves it wasn't true. Right. (laughs) Let me give you an analogy. That's like finding 100 people throughout the earth who all have the same story of a guy named Jimmy who got shot in the face. 
Well, obviously, there's a connected point. A guy named yeah. Jimmy got shot in the face. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. what are the chances that they all have these, like, stories? Like, there's one that none of them even speak the same languages, you know? Right. right. Well, if everybody has the same story. Yeah, Jimmy. And they might tell different <laughs> stories. Like, oh, Jimmy was wrestling with the guy. Oh, Jimmy stole the thing, you know? Like, and you may even find differences in the stories. That's yeah. fine. But there's a guy named Jimmy who got shot in the face. And the chances of that, all, like, so for you to say, oh, you have that story, too? Uh, see, that's proof that it didn't exist. Didn't that didn't happen. happen. Right. Which makes Sorry. no sense. That doesn't even make a little bit of sense at all. Anyways, when you said that, Craig, I was like, oh, thank you. Because I almost get like, do you need it to be wrong that much that when you look at the most obvious evidence, you still need it to be wrong? Like, you can't even see that. We mentioned almost every ancient culture has a flood story. So let me throw one out that you guys have heard of, the Epic of Gilgamesh, mm -hmm. sure. which people would say precedes, that story precedes the Noah account. So here I am, someone who is questioning the Genesis account because the Epic of Gilgamesh is actually written before that. So help me understand that. Yeah. The Babylonians and the Assyrians had culture had and they had mythology and they developed it in their own way. Yeah. Think about what you just said now. Noah was like one of the first people born on the earth, right? And those stories were passed down to relatives from the mouths, like Michael reminded us uh, before, of the people who actually happened to. And then it got written down by Moses after that. So this would have to be saying that the Gilgamesh epic happened before that time period, which doesn't make sense. So in the argument itself, you have a flaw, and that flaw is that this time period preceded what we know to actually have happened in the book of Genesis. So yeah. it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I think it all goes back to the same thing. Every culture interpreted and translated the story in their own way. Mm. But what we believe is that the line of Noah to Ham through Abraham to Moses preserved in written form and oral tradition uh, with clarity this story. And um, when you say we believe in the Bible— what you're saying is we believe in the lineage of the men that God used and plucked out and that the oral tradition that they handed down that eventually got written down was preserved by God and man. And it's, it's true and accurate. That's part of what you're saying. You're buying into the line of people who kept it. And it also means that you're not buying into the line of Ham. The generations and uh, uh, some pretty amazing empires came out of Ham, but they were all pagan. Whereas Shem, that's the line that we, that we follow, mm -hmm. you know, so... Was it a global flood? Some authors, uh, some Christian authors, here's how they would interpret this, okay? And I think this is actually important because there are Christian authors who refuse to allow it to be a global flood because they feel social pressure to conform to secular evolutionary science, okay? Fine. When you need to just be in agreement to not be controversial, you have your own problems. But here's something that conservative writers would say. Whenever you find the word earth, it's also a word that can be translated as Land. Land. Let's read Genesis 7, but I'm going to translate the word earth differently. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the promised land that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits, and all flesh that moved on the land, birds, livestock, beasts, whatever, all of them, all the creatures that swarm on the land and all mankind. Now it's just restraining mankind to the promised land everything in the dry land and, and whose hostels with the breath of life died. The whole point is a lot of people go back and uh, it's a growing movement in evangelicalism to say, no, this was a local flood and this was a flood where they were living. And it was a flood in the promised land. It was a flood in this localized area. 
when you translate it as the word earth, it makes it sound like this is global, but if you allow it to just be earth, also the same people will go back to the Genesis account when God created the world. They would say that's not about God creating the actual physical world and all the stars. They would say that's actually about God forming the promised land. I've heard that too, and it seems like that's— Conservative scholars are starting to teach this. Yeah, this is kind of a new movement, a new teaching. And to me, I struggle with that because we don't see Abraham coming to the promised land— until way after this in Genesis. Yep. So we don't know that Adam and Eve even lived in what we modern day people would call Palestine. Mm. They could have been living somewhere else in the world. They probably didn't. They probably lived more where ancient Babylon was. You and I are in agreement on that. It's hard to take it seriously because it's such a new idea and it requires such a re-articulation and understanding of the text that historically it's just not there. And I think this might be an activity of trying to marry scripture with modern science. And that's always a challenge. Scripture's not concerned with it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) take Genesis 1-1. It's like God doesn't take any time to explain to us what was before. He just said, in the beginning, God created. Mm, And so we are not meant to look at the Bible as scientific, although the Bible never contradicts science. Yes. Because God is the God of science. And the other part of this is I can already hear the argument to what I'm going to say, but if Noah built an ark for 55 or 75 years or however long it took him to build this ark, why not just get a pilgrimage of people to head south for a while so Yeah, if it so was local, why did they need an ark? Exactly. The argument to that, I can already hear it, is, well, he, God needed an illustration of uh, to use in, in the book of Peter in the New Testament and even in, with Jesus Christ where— he would use Noah and the ark as a picture of salvation that mm-hmm. Jesus can bring. So I can I can hear that argument already, which is fine, but that's a lot of work for one guy to go through in order to make a, yeah. a little illustration that Jesus could use in the New Testament. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the ark saved humanity because all humanity and all the creation was flooded. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong on this. We could very well be wrong on this, but it certainly seems to be more consistent with the way Scripture Mm. is written, especially in the way that Scripture was read by Michael. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) The high mountain. All right, here's my question. Did Noah's sons mate with their sisters and cousins? All right, let's deal with that one next time, and then we'll get back to more of the Genesis account. 